Father, I thank you today for every person here. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that's in this room right now. In Jesus' name. Whatever you came in here with, you're not leaving with it. In Jesus' name. It's dropping off right where you are right now because God says in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And that nothing can stay on you. Nothing can stay on you because of the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit to wipe us clean. To wipe us clean. Just feel like God wants to wipe some minds clean today. Just of clutter, of clutter, 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 clutter. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We just, we just let go of those things, Lord, that would hinder us. You show us, Holy Spirit how to declutter our mind and let our mind be able to flow by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. And where you are at home, let the Spirit flow in your home, in your house. We bind all deception, all worry, all care. Jesus, Jesus, we speak your name. Thank you for touching every life today. I want everybody to say this. I will not leave here the way I came in Jesus' name because I am free. And he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. Amen. Give him praise today. Hallelujah. You know, um, I believe God's more and more going to have us practice his presence. And it's a little, it is a little different if, if you're maybe not used to it. But in that place, God can do so much in just a few minutes that we try to fix all week long. Amen. And if we just take that minute and wait and just begin to let our heart be ministered to by the Holy Spirit of God, can change everything for our week, even more than all the words you might hear this morning. In Jesus' name, he's so, he's so wonderful. Let's make our confession today. Uh, if you'd put that up for us. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Um, <clears throat> That new song that we rehearsed, just give the worship team a big hand, Wanda. Um, I really uh, had felt that was a good song for today, and, and I hadn't, um, we really haven't been able to re rehearse very much due to the fact that all of our instrumentation is out here and just everybody's schedules. How many of your schedules have changed since all of this situation we've been in has been going on? Our lives have certainly been changed. We've had to adjust. But, you know, God can help us adjust to different things. But I'm really thankful for their heart to worship 
and for their uh, willingness to just be instant in season whenever we can do something that we can just do it on the spur of the moment and everybody can can come and be a part of it. So uh, I look forward to Christmas Eve, invite people to come. I think it'll be a beautiful service in here uh, with the lights down and, and the, all the other lights that we have in here. There'll probably be more lights, but just a time to really put our hearts and our minds on why we have Christmas. Morgan was telling me that in their house, um, because she was raised this way, uh, they have to go clear through the Christmas story before they open any gifts in their house, just to remind everybody of why we're having Christmas. And uh, I think that's important, you know. A lot of people read the story of Santa Claus, you know, coming. and But I think we need to remember the reason for the season is Jesus. I'm not against anything else. I don't think Santa Claus is a big deal to Jesus. Hallelujah. I think God's bigger than that. I think he can handle Santa Claus. But I do believe that we have to teach our children the real meaning of Christmas. And uh, it's been lost, I think, totally, especially in schools because they can't do it anymore. So let's make sure we're doing it at home, uh, it, right right up front, first and foremost. Uh, that was just a little, that's not my message this morning, okay? Good news. Everybody say good news. The good news is God knows right where you are today, and uh, he's capable of communicating on many different levels. You know, by the Holy Spirit, we hear words. Uh, there's prophecy, which we've talked a lot about the last couple of weeks, how God tells things ahead of time uh, by a, a person who's a prophetic, has a prophetic gift, which was in the old covenant, the way God spoke all the time. In the new covenant, in Hebrews, it says he now communicates to us directly through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So we hear that voice. Uh, but I want to talk today about dreams. And I don't know how many of you have had dreams, but um, in the story of Jesus in the book of Matthew, it's the only gospel that relates this story. Uh, and we talk all the time about how the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life abundantly. And so that's the way he wants us to live regardless of what's going on. But there's always an opportunity for the enemy to try to steal what God has said. And so even with Jesus, from the very beginning, from his birth, the enemy was aware he was here. The enemy was aware of his purpose. And we read that in the Gospels, you know, because we know Jesus, as a grown man, was quickly tempted uh, after 40 days of fasting by the devil. He was tempted to take his position ahead of time. Everybody say ahead of time. The enemy was trying to tempt him to step into something that was not according to God's plan. And I believe that happens to a lot of people. But, but Jesus was God's dream. That, that, was a, that was God's dream from Genesis, that he was going to send his son himself in the flesh, and he would be an example to us of how we're supposed to be living we're supposed to live according to what we saw Jesus do because he told us, greater works will you do than I do. So as we're hearing about his story, especially this time of year, he, he faced things that we face. And that is the devil comes quickly to steal the word. Everybody say he comes quickly. Comes quickly. Uh, and at all levels and walks in our faith. You know, we don't, maybe as we get stronger in our faith, we don't expect him 
because we think we've defeated it. We, we've gotten the grip. But I know every new thing that God has put before me, I have to encounter an opportunity to fight against the works of the enemy for that word. I have to stand for it. I have to believe for it. And today, I want to go to, Ma to Matthew 2, Matthew chapter 2, and talk about the wise men. Everybody say, I am wise. You are wise because you have the wisdom of God. Could you say that? I have the wisdom of God. That is the truth about you. Within you, you have the wisdom of God as a believer. And so it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, before I go any further, most Christmas musicals have wise men coming to the manger. It wasn't at that time. He, he, the wise men didn't come at that time. We always put them in the play because they did eventually come. But, you know, sometimes the enemy waits just a little bit till people relax and think, okay, you know, this is, we, we're getting right into what God said here. But he will come. He will come to steal God's dream for you, God's dream for mankind. He will come. And this is the only gospel in Luke, you don't read this. In John, you don't read it. In Mark, you don't read it. It goes straight into other things. You know, all of us uh, tell things a little differently. Uh, the story we see, we may not all tell the same way. But I think Matthew, for some reason, saw, the, saw fit to record this. And it's very important because we see God taking care of what he has promised. Everybody say, God will take care of it. How many of you know that's a hard thing to say sometimes? God's going to take care of this. <laughs> or it's usually, I thought God was going to take care of this sooner. You know, but God's timing is perfect. And so it goes on, it says, when Herod the king heard this. Now, you know, you can really put this whole thing into where things are today. But it says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written, everybody say it is written, by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. He, he wanted to find out how long ago God had put Jesus in the earth. He wanted to know how long ago was that. The enemy doesn't know things unless it's revealed with our words. That's the truth. He doesn't know what you've heard until you talk about it. That's why sometimes it's better not to talk about it right away until you're prepared for this. Does that make sense? Because he, he isn't omnipresent. He, he doesn't have any of the qualities of God. He just likes to pretend he's God. Amen? He's a, how many of you know a few pretenders? Not, not that pretend even to be God, but, you know, they pretend. Well, he's a pretender. He does still roam the earth. He st still does steal, kill, and destroy. But God will whisper to you what he wants you to know. 
And then you begin to take that in by faith, and you begin to develop it. In this case, Herod is saying, where is he? Well, he pretends he's going to worship him. How many of you know there's a lot of pretenders that under pretense think they, they find the way in, but only to steal, kill, and destroy, not to bring life. But we have to know what God said. We have to know what God said. Then Herod, when he had secretly called them together, it wasn't like this was something that he was doing that wasn't right. And he sent them, he sent the wise men to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. That was not his motivation. He knew that Jesus was a threat. A threat of authority. Everybody say authority. He was a threat of authority. He was the king, but he wasn't greater than God. And Herod didn't like that. Who does that sound like? The devil. That's what the devil did in the very beginning. That's how he got thrown out of heaven. He wanted to be greater than God. And it says, when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. This is the three wise men till it came and stood over where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned. Would you say that with me? Divinely warned. You know, I think a lot of times when we hear that word warning, <gasps> we freeze up and we don't hear the rest. But divine warnings are to help us prepare and overcome, not be fearful. So divine warnings, God gives divine warnings. He will awaken a situation in a dream. How many of you have ever had a dream and you've, you've awakened and thought, you knew everything about the dream. It was vivid. And you just know in your heart it was a God dream. There's dreams that give direction. There's dreams that give, you know, information that's future. There's dreams that are warnings. Everybody say warnings. And when God gives a warning, what he expects is for us to do whatever it is he tells us to do about that. There's always an answer to a warning. There's no fear. But most people lock up at the warning. And then once they're locked up, how many of you know once you lock up, you can't hear God? You become confused. Uh, he will challenge you at every point, trying to get you to waver, to give up, to let go. And so when this happened, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod. Who, who do you think would not want them to return to Herod? God. God was directing their steps. And it says they departed for their own country another way. Because they were from the east. They were astrologers. They, they did everything by the stars. But they did know about Jesus. And they knew the time. Everybody say the time. You know, in, in Matthew 24, it says that we won't know the time, but we need to be prepared for the time. And, and I believe in the church today, God's really saying, get prepared. 
Not that maybe he's coming next week or even a month or a year. I mean, I've heard that. I've been saved 45 years. I've heard Jesus is coming. Well, it's a day sooner than it used to be after today. But I don't know the day. But I do know the word of God is very clear. Be about my business when I come. And so God gives direction. It's not a fearful thing. It's not a, a fearful word to us. It's a word that gives us direction on what to do. And so they left by another way. You know, I, this is an interesting thing. Today I heard on the weather that um, the star, the Christmas star, or what was called this star back in those days, it's been 800 years since it was close to earth, and it's going to be close on December 21st where it can be seen. It's really the alignment of planets. It's not really a star, but the way they align makes it look like the star. Isn't that interesting? To end 2020. <laughs> Hello, I'm still here. Hello, you know, I'm still here. And uh, if you want to see, look out there on December 21st. You know, God always reveals himself in the midst of the worst situations. I just thought, that's just for me. You know, I'm not saying that's God telling me. But that's what I thought. I thought, God, you're so good. Right here at the end of the year, you're going to say, hey, haven't forgotten about you. I'm right here. 800 years ago, I showed up with this star to lead them to where Jesus was. Today, I'm still here. Amen? He's here. He's here with us today. And then it says, now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a, in a what? A dream, saying, arise, take the young child and his mother Flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. The devil comes quickly to steal the word. Now, if you read John 1, it says, Jesus was the word made flesh, and the devil came. He didn't wait till he was in that wilderness 40 years. He came within the first two years of his life, somewhere in that time span, because we know that's when Herod was king. And so we know that in the end, as we read, he killed all the children to and under because he was going to annihilate the threat. Amen? That isn't to put fear. That's to say the devil is going about his business, but God is going about his business. And he's a whole lot bigger than what the enemy can do. And he can warn divinely. Everybody say divinely. In a dream. In a dream. Uh, you know, I, I have a couple of examples that have happened to me. I'm not, I don't have a lot of dreams from God. My husband a lot of times will have a dream from God. But um, Daniel had dreams. I mean, he, he understood dreams. He could interpret dreams. So, you know, dreams are something that God uses to communicate. And so it says, what, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for, from Egypt, was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled. Everybody say fulfilled. If you get in the word of God and you see the word fulfilled, it always has to do with prophetic. It has to do with a word God spoke, and then he did it. It's completed. Everybody say fulfilled. Fulfilled. And I believe God fulfills words, and then gives new words, and then fulfills those words, and then gives new words, and then fulfills those words. So we're to lead a fulfilled life, a very fulfilled life. And it says, 
this is what it says. It was a word through the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. That's Hosea 11.1. 1. Hosea was a, a minor prophet. He was in the old covenant. And he talked about Jesus in that book of the Bible and, and said this very word, out of Egypt, I called my son, capital S and everything. Isn't that, to me, it's fascinating, just fascinating. Now, Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. Have we seen anger? And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men by the star. Doesn't say by the star, but that's how he determined it. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. They are no more. But he did not kill God's dream for us, which was Jesus. He didn't do that because Joseph had obeyed the warning. Everybody say, obey the warning. I believe God is giving warnings right now to the church in situations. Situations that, um, and, I, and I, I hadn't thought of this, but I just hear this, that will separate us. It will separate us from relationships sometimes. It will separate us in business decisions. It will separate us for a purpose. And in order to prosper in the day, we do not need to be afraid of losing a job. You do not need to be afraid of losing your job out there. Uh, God will provide. I was in um, Cracker Barrel the other day, and there's two servers in there that have been there a long time. And both of them have told me we've been cut back one day a week to only four instead of five. Now, four, one day doesn't sound bad till you say four days of the month. Now it's almost a week of their pay. And, you know... I listened to her, and then I said, well, we're going to pray and agree that God is going to provide for you in four days what he did in five. And you get a day off. Amen? See, when you listen like what God's saying, there's always an antidote <laughs> for the poison, uh, so to speak. And so we have to be thinking like that. We have to be knowing that when there's a warning of something, there's always direction. There's always a way of escape. It says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And God made a way of escape for Jesus. And then it says, now he was going to be a Nazarene, but he was born in Bethlehem. You're not a Nazarene unless you live in Nazareth. And uh, when I was in, in um, Israel, Bethlehem, I, I, sometimes I didn't know where I was. Because you just get on a bus, and then they say, get off, you know. And then they say, get on, and then you get off again. And so, but I do remember Nazareth was way, way, way up high. Bethlehem was not way, way up high. So, you know, and Egypt's way over here. You know, if you could get the geography of all this, it, it isn't like you just pop down to Egypt from Bethlehem. You know, it wasn't an easy trip again for them, I'm sure. Sometimes the things God tells us and warns us about, the answer is not going to be easy. But it will work. It'll work for the good. Because when he went to Egypt, 
he was saved from Herod. But when God told him to come back, it says, Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, another dream, with direction. Everybody say, with direction. Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child, and his mother came to the land of Israel. But when he heard, Joseph heard, that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned, everybody say being warned, by God in a dream, he turned aside to, into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled, everybody say fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Isn't that all good? You know, we don't hear that story as much as we hear about Luke, the chapters, first and second chapter of Luke. But for me, you know, this was just a real encouragement. How, how many of you have things that are a dream, you know, that are in you? And uh, sometimes God has told me to do something that looks like I am going clear away from what that is. I mean, I am, I'm having to make decisions, my husband and I, that are going to take us clear away from what, I mean, like what we think we're going to. But some of those times, it's God telling us, you have to go here before you can get there. Amen? And then the devil is always there, you know, accusing us. What do you, you know, that isn't what God told you. You know, God didn't say that. Well, God told me what he's going to do, but he didn't tell me the route. You know, I, I don't have, what do you call that on your phone? You know, MapQuest? You know, I don't always have MapQuest. Uh, in fact, sometimes, you know, MapQuest, it says this is the best way to get there. Well, it's not with God necessarily. I mean, it's, you know, round and about. And so when God speaks to us, we have to obey. Um, there have been a couple of times that um, I have felt like God um, warned me, and um, one was in the past, and uh, one was for me to give a warning to somebody recently. Now, um, the one in the past, you know, you learn from experience. When you do what God says and you see it happen, then you learn from experience. Everybody say, we learn from experience. You know, we don't always know the first time. But uh, the one was a situation where I had been hearing God speak to me about um, taking care of a situation. And, and how many of you know you don't want to necessarily confront people or sometimes you don't even want to clarify which is a word Bill Lay gave me to make it easier for me to talk to people about correction he said could you try the word clarify I said I don't like it any better than the other one I don't like that word but but you know to, it, it with the heart to help and feeling like God said it doesn't always turn out like you think it will and uh, but you have to obey God and and it's a warning everybody say a warning it's it's saying God is saying something needs to change here because if it doesn't, we're not going to get to there. And that's basically what Joseph had to do. You know, he had to pick up and go to Egypt to avoid what Herod was going to do. He didn't know what Herod was going to do. He had no idea. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't have any understanding of that. He might have known that Jesus would be a Nazarene. 
I don't know if he knew that, but why would you go to Egypt to live in Nazareth from Bethlehem? I mean, it doesn't even make sense. And so in this situation, the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to fix this. And um, I thought, well, I'll just let you fix it, God. You know, how many of you ever said that? Go ahead and take care of it, God. That's okay. But, but nothing changed. And so, in fact, it, it actually got, it, it got worse. And so, um, finally, I had a dream. And I cannot relate to that dream. I don't, I don't remember it fully. But when I woke up, I thought, I'm on it, God. Because that dream was so strong that it wasn't just what would happen to me. It was what was going to happen to them. And, and so I had to speak. And I did it. It wasn't received. But the Lord said to me, that's not your problem. When I tell you to do something, you do it. If you do it wrong, I'll take care of it. But if you don't do it, and it's a warning or something that somebody really needs for their future, then there's going to be a problem. I think we're in a society today that doesn't want to say what's wrong. Everybody wants to say, that's okay. Listen, I'd rather not talk about that. Yeah, I'll just believe God for you. You know, my husband, wow. Pastor Bill doesn't have any trouble speaking up to me or anybody else. <laughs> Because he understands from all his years in ministry as a leader that it's the only way to help people get to where they're going. If God said, everybody say, if God said. I'm not talking about your opinion. I'm talking about a word from God. That, I believe God helped me that time because he knew it was so difficult for me that finally I had this dream that I came out of like sober. You know, I wasn't drunk, sleeping, please. But, you know, it was a sobering dream. And it, it showed me the devastation that was going to happen. And it didn't look like it was that bad. But, see, we don't always know what the enemy's got planned after that step. That may just be the first step to the next step that is the, the, not a good one. Amen? And so... When I re read this, it gives me confidence. And what happened to me? It gave me confidence. You know, I said, God, just go ahead and give me a dream. I don't like bad dreams, but the, the bad dream was worth the warning that made me act. And so, you know, sometimes God just says things. I, I see things oftentimes in people's lives of where God wants to take them. I think that's just what you do as the leader. You see the gifts. But then you also see where the hindrances are sometimes that are keeping them from going there. And so it's, you have to know when God says. And it isn't always received. But we don't judge what we do by whether somebody receives it. We judge what we do. We judge ourselves. And we judge what we do based on what God said to do. Because God's big enough to fix my messes. I have made a lot of them, and everybody survived. And they're thriving, so I know it can work. Um, you know, the other, the other dream um, was in a situation, again, where it was, um, I heard things. You know, sometimes you're in situations where you hear things, just in t talking with people. 
and this wasn't somebody who attends here, but, you know, I have friends and, and people that I talk to besides just the church people because we've been in Tulsa and other places. And this situation, I, I just was just different conversations. It would be like one word stood out. Have you ever experienced like uh, somebody's just talking and then something gets said and it's like ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. You know, like somebody's ringing the doorbell or something. And uh, they added up. They kept adding up. And and they weren't the whole conversation. It was just like a tidbit. And then another tidbit. And then another tidbit. But it was like the more I I didn't say anything with the first tidbit or the second or third, I just listened, you know, and went with the conversation. But when I heard that tidbit... I thought, that is wrong. This is going to end in disaster. And I felt like God said, you're the voice that they'll listen to. I thought, well, could it just be Bill? <laughs> and, of course, I shared with him because I, want, I, I needed confirmation. I needed confirmation that what I was hearing. Because I love this person. And so I, I said to Bill, and he said, well, that needs to be taken care of immediately. You need to get on that right now. I'm thinking, oh, wow. Uh, once again, he doesn't mince words. It's just bump, bump, bump. There we are. Uh, you know, uh, he says I say too many words. But he says very few words. So we're even, we even out. But um, I thought, well, if he says that, you know, this one isn't going to wait. <laughs> because... You know, Pastor Bill isn't one to just jump, you know, over anything. In fact, he, he doesn't care for a lot of, a lot of uh, chatter, a lot of details, yeah. And chatter and opinions and, I mean, he is on a mission. You know, different personalities handle things differently too. But I have learned from my husband, when he speaks, I listen. And, and when I speak, he listens. I mean, we, we have learned that we are a check and a balance here. And so we better be listening up. But, I mean, he just said it so fast. I was thought we might have a conversation. But it was, there was no conversation. Immediately, you need to take care of that. Do you want me to do it? And then he said, no, you have to do it. You're the voice that will be received. And I did it, and it was received. And I believe disaster was averted. Now, it could have been taken by the person, like, judging what was going on. But, but I said to them, you know, loneliness puts us in a vulnerable position. Things in our life put us in a vulnerable position. Jesus was a little baby, Mary and Joseph. You know, it didn't say they went to Bible school or anything. I mean, she was a young girl. I mean, she just had this baby that's called the Son of God. He's had to take her, you know, pregnant down the road a long ways on a donkey. I mean, they've had a baby. Really? I mean, when you think about all this, and they're just maybe getting settled, and God says, take her to Egypt and the baby. Get out of here. I mean, it doesn't say anything was going wrong or anything. You know, sometimes God gives a direction that is life or death. Life or death. And so we need to heed what God's saying and act immediately. You know, in that situation, I had to act. I didn't act. I mean, I waited. But I believe because I didn't go, <gasps> when they said the first thing. How many of you know people that, 
I mean, just, just a hint of it's not the right way. And they just fly off. You know, sometimes you have to be gentle and listen. And then God begins to develop in you what needs to be said. This is for somebody today. I don't know if it's for you, but it was for me. I've learned a lot since Pastor Bill said you need to lead again. And I have learned that what's most important is not my feelings. It's what God says. It's not about what somebody thinks about me. It's what God thinks about me. Amen? And you. And he's never trying to hurt us. He's always trying to help us. And so when direction comes that we don't understand, the most important thing is we, we obey immediately. We obey immediately. And I believe that Jesus, you know, when, when that opportunity came, his parents were the one who had to listen, not him. And I, and I just say a word to all of you parents listening, those of you that are in here, this is a critical time as parents to know what God's saying about your children. Uh, grandparents, we have a responsibility. Be praying about our children, our grandchildren. Uh, I do believe raising a, adult children is harder than babies. I wasn't called to raise adult children, but I, you know, I have input. But we don't always get to say it. But we can pray it. And we can, we can pray for them and help them be who they're called to be, especially in the world we're living today because the pressure is on. Sam Chan just wrote a book on tension, how to get through tension. And there's so much tension if you talk to people, if you meet with people. Uh, there's, it's a tense environment that we have going on here. But heaven's just fine. Heaven's fine. And that's the kingdom we're in. But we have to listen because of the environment we're in. We're not of this world, but we are in it. And there's a lot going on that isn't right. A lot of things going on that are not right. And there are Herods. But there's still God. Amen? Let's stand today. Now today, in conclusion, you know, uh, it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. Uh, plans for good and not for disaster, it says in the New Living Testament. Not for disaster. Everybody say disaster. disaster. You know, um, my husband is added to our prayer when we pray before food. Uh, we always pray, Lord, uh, bless the food, you know, uh, let it be nourishment to our body. And then he always says, take sickness and disease far from us. We got the word pestilence in there now. <laughs> How many of you know there's pestilence going on? Yeah, but God can overcome pestilence, but we've added it to the prayer because we're in it. Amen. We're not of it, but we're in it. You know, we're in, we're in times where people are losing jobs, where businesses are failing. We're in it, but we're not of it. There's so much more because God has not given up on us. He has not given up on us. He hasn't given up on America. We're, we're going from glory to glory regardless of what the world says. But I want to pray for you today that, um, that your dreams don't disappear in this situation. Because I've had God say to me, hey, I don't want you to even acknowledge COVID when it comes to what I'm telling you to do. Amen? 
It says, acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus, not in the world. And so, you know, some of the things that I've seen uh, Pastor Paul do out in Tulsa, he has not acknowledged COVID in relation to what he's doing. Now, he acknowledges that it's real, it's here. You know, like Brother Copeland said once, don't go around saying you don't have a goiter when there's something hanging off your neck down to here. That looks stupid, sounds stupid, and don't do it. That's not faith. Say, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, but don't say there's no goiter there when everybody sees it. So we can't say, oh, you know, we have nothing going on today. We have a lot going on. Evil has reared its head. The devil has come against America. That's who's against us. And he's doing everything. Well, then God's going to show us how to get out. He's going to give us a dream. He's going to communicate through the Holy Spirit. He is not going to leave us in this situation without victory. Everybody say, I have the victory. We have the victory. He's our protector. He's our provider. He's our leader. He loves us. He's the head of the church. And he has not abdicated that position. Amen. It says in Matthew, when uh, Jesus was ask, asking Peter, who, who do you say that I am? You know, everybody thinks, well, that's just, you know, that's just, you know, a question. No, it wasn't. Peter was going to become the head of the church. He had to know he heard the voice of God. And so when Peter answered, oh, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, he said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Don't get the big head, Peter. Don't think you know it all. God revealed that to you. Heaven revealed that to you. Heaven is revealing things right now. He is revealing things to business people. He's revealing things to moms, to dads, to grandparents, because God wants to move in this hour and have his finest hour through the church. Amen? So we have to listen and be wise. We have, a, we have an adversary. Right now, it's got the name COVID and government, election, everything political. Listen, there is stuff that is pure snake stuff. Devil himself. But God's still in charge. And we are not letting anything that's going on in this world stop us from our dream. Everybody say, I have a dream. You have dreams. I know you do because you belong to God. And if you don't, we're going to pray for you in a minute. And even those listening too. But these dreams are important. You know, um, well, I'll read this in a minute. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everybody here today. I thank you that the work of the enemy is stopped against the church because Jesus died on Calvary. He has no right to us. We are God's property. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I bind every lie of the devil against the people of God that are in this room or watching. Lord, I thank you today for those that do not know you that may be watching or here in Jesus' name, that today would be their day to give their heart to Jesus, to let go of the things that they are trying to handle that they cannot handle because they do not have an advocate. Without Jesus, there is no defeat of the enemy for your life. That means anything that steals, kills, or destroys in your life has a right to do it until you receive Jesus and you you yoke up with him, like Kelly said, and he takes over in your life and brings you freedom. And so today, there is no better day than today to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
And we're going to say a prayer. We're going to repeat after me. But if you repeat it, the Bible says in Romans 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. You said saved from what? Saved from evil, which is prevalent in this earth today. You are not evil. The devil is evil. God created you good. He created everyone good. He created us with a dream and a purpose and a destiny. And that's you today. And I know there are people listening that have issues with all kinds of different things that the devil's whispering and already done in your life. But today's a day of freedom. If you run back to Jesus or you make him Lord for the first time. Let's say this together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me. Thank you that you have a plan for me, God. And a purpose, a destiny. I repent of my sins, my wrongdoing, not somebody else's. I take responsibility. And today, I ask you to help me be free. I cannot do it by myself. But I believe that you can help me. And I give my heart and my life to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, I also want to pray for all of you today. You know, the thief comes quickly to steal the word of God. And when I read that that parable, uh, there's the wayside, there's the thorny ground, there's the cares and riches of this world. Those are the three ways. And I felt like God said, they have to do with maturity. A baby, it's kind of by the wayside. You know, they, get, they, they hear it and it, it gets in there. The thorns come once you receive Christ and the devil's trying to pull you back. How many of you, when you got saved, thought all hell broke loose? You know, it happens because he wants to steal the word. The third group are the cares and riches. Those are the mature people. Those are the people who do have a root in them of the word of God. But they have forgotten that they have an adversary. And they, they think that all that's going on around them is just circumstances when really it's the enemy. And he needs to be bound. And he needs to be taken care of in that situation. And the only way to take care of the enemy is to not play footsie with the enemy. In other words, you can't have one hand with the devil and one hand with God. So it takes us saying, God, I'm letting go of everything. I'm not, I'm not considering anything a hindrance to my dream, even myself. So I'm asking you to make a difference in my life today, that I will hear what you say and I will obey, even if it involves changing something that I'm doing. Amen? It, it, it isn't a risk, but it is a different way to think. I might have to change something. I might have to let go of these people. Do you know most people who start out with you won't end the race with you? I started high school. I loved all those people. I don't know where half of them are today. A few I do know where they are. And I'm not running with any of them. I'm not. And in life, I didn't. There were always new people being added into my season. There's new people coming into your season, folks. There's new things coming into this church. There's new things coming into your work. There's new things. Everybody say new things. Now I'm about to give my New Year's message, so i got to stop. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I am telling you, there are so many new things that we have got to get to where we're saying, I'm going. 
I'm going after my dream that God put in my heart. It's his dream for me, and it will happen. I just believe. Amen? Okay, I'm going to pray for you right now. First, I want to pray. Let's bow our heads. If you're here, you know you've kind of let go and backed up from something you know God put in your heart because of circumstances. If that's you, just lift your hand, and we're going to pray right now. If you don't have a dream, I want you to lift your hand because God has a dream that he wants to show you. It may not be while you're sleeping. It may be a word from somebody. It may be something you see or an opportunity that comes your way that you never thought would happen. But God has a dream that he has placed in your life for you to do. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that have their hand up because there's always more. It's never over. Age has nothing to do with it, young or old. There's always something before us. And I thank you, Lord, for dreams in the heart of people that have have never had a dream, something that they hear that they know specifically for them. Could you play Holy Spirit for me, John? And 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 dreams that um, that only the Holy Spirit can show you. And He's welcome here right now. This is this is God doing business right now, not me. God has a dream for you. Those of you that have had a dream and you just gotten weary and well doing, I pray for you today that you will you will listen because God wants to tell you something, a word of encouragement or maybe a change or something that, that you've thought you're going for and God says you have to go over here first. And, and I pray right now that you'll hear it and you'll be able to do what God's saying. And you won't let go of the final result, but you're willing to make a change on your way to it in Jesus' name. In, in Jesus' name. And, and for those, I just believe, I don't know if it's in this room, but on maybe online, you say, well, my dream has been crushed and there's no way to go back. Well, go forward because there's always something that God has for you that maybe you can't see it being the end result, but it'll still end the way God said, just not the way you thought. And I encourage you today, do not let go of your dream. Do not let go of your dream. If you have a warning and you're in this room and you've been warned, then I pray right now for the strength to do what you've been told to do, the courage to do what you've been told to do, because it takes courage sometimes to make that decision. I pray for you that you would have the courage that God gives you to make that change and do what God's saying. And if you're thinking, but what will happen maybe to that person, because that's what I just heard, but what will happen to them? Well, God will scoop them up. And God can do things better than you could or anybody else. He knows. He knows how to deliver them from their situation. Father, I thank you today that everything that you have desired to do in this service, you have done in the hearts of the people that are here. And the things that you've started that maybe will uh, need for them to meditate on, I thank you that they will take that time to meditate and to wait on you and to hear from you. In their situation, they will not give up. I thank you, Lord, for those in this room. I thank you for those that are watching, that you are hastening to perform your word. And you said, when my word goes forth, it will not return void. And so we believe today that every plan and purpose, destiny you have for anybody listening today will be fulfilled according to your plan and your purpose, just as you have said it would be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now, I have something for you. And, I, and uh, now, my sister, before I can say it, I mean, I'll say it before her. I am not a poet. 
You know, my sister used to say, well, I can tell you right now, she didn't write that. Because she can't, she can't do that. Uh, you know, she says all the time, I'm telling you, she, she wouldn't be up in front of people. That's just God. And she puts that on her Facebook. My sister preached today. It's not her. Don't worry. It's from God because she couldn't do it. I thought, boy, I tell you that. But I don't mind. That's the truth. But I mean, you know, she just lets them. She, and, then, and then she'll say, I slept in the same room with her till we graduated high school, which is true. So she knows all about me. This is not me. This was at a time when I needed something. Everybody say needed something. Listen, if you need something, you need to get to the source. And he will give you, he will give you something you never thought you could even understand. And, and, and so I had Morgan put good news. Everybody say good news. You are God's dream. Amen. God saw you first through his loving eyes. He then created what he had in mind. You are his treasure, his own special one. He has assigned you to overcome. God gave me this at Happy Hollow Park. I can tell you that's where it was. There is a dream he's planted inside for you to become all he has designed. In every season, he abides and will guide. And for, and for your needs, child, he will provide. Listen, this is important when you're having to make a big step and you, you don't know what to do. I'm giving you one of these today. This is about you. This is about all of us in God's sight. So focus your eyes on God's word to you. Do not give in when you feel blue. Hmm. Hold up your head. Hold on to your faith. The dream is secure in the light of his grace. One day you will see it, all he has done, although right now each day is a new one. The puzzle, when finished, will always produce a picture from heaven, God's portrait of you. Amen? You know, when you're just sitting in your car by yourself and you're being threatened by the enemy big time, and then you start hearing something like this, it makes you know God knows where you are. It's a rescue. Everybody say it's a rescue. It's a rescue from the world to keep you in track, on track with God. Amen? So I'm giving you this because you are my dream. I know you're God's dream. And I believe God's got purpose for every one of you. Amen? And uh, I believe we're going to see God do great things in this church. And I believe we're ready. Amen? But we're going to get more ready. Everybody say, I'm ready for the new. Okay, say this. I'm following God. No matter what. I can hear direction. I can hear how to do it. And I can hear warnings. And all of them. I will obey. I am not going to shrink back. I am going forward. My dream is right in front of me. And God has made a way for me to get there. I am open to change. I am open to staying where I am. I am open to opening my mouth. When I'm told to open it, I am willing to be who God told me to be. I can also shut my mouth. When God tells me to. Thought I should add that. I guess God thought so because I didn't say it. Uh, you know, I've had to learn that. Uh, the Lord told me I had loose lips once. That's not nice. But, you know, uh, get rid of your loose lips. You know, we have to be careful because the enemy's listening. Don't be loose-lipped Lucy. In the day we're living in, it will not profit us. Amen? I'm not trying to be funny. It's true. Very true. 
we're going from glory to glory. Amen. Say this. I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And my work is not in vain. Amen. Go and be blessed. Have a good week. Don't forget the book. It's, it, it's a nice Christmas gift.